Welcome to The Healing Space, a Black and queer mental health podcast geared toward proving there's more than one way to heal. I am your host, Sensei Raven Ekundayo. And here we are, Misfit Universe. So, you know, normally when I just have one thing happening, it's not a bunch of, you know, cuts with segments and things of that nature. It lets you know that it's Black, queer, and unapologetic episode. However, I figured it's my show, I'm just gonna do things differently. <laughs> so you'll have the exact same feel as a black, queer, and unapologetic episode. However, the segments are here. That's just how we do. So I am honored and so very happy to have this beautiful collaboration going on all this week with these beautiful brothers from the Minority Report. So here's the deal. If you guys are listening to this on the day, Tuesday the 18th, the day prior on the 17th of May, I was honored to be a guest on the Minority Report. So flipping it around the opposite, one day later, these brothers are guests, these aunties are guests here <laughs> on The Healing Space. Misfit Universe, please welcome Dewan and Carell of the Minority Report. Welcome, yes. welcome. Yeah, Thank you for boo. having us. Come on with that opening, I know that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. So I have two specific questions for the both of you. Yes. So first, Corral, I would like for you to break down to everybody the history behind the Minority Report. And then for you, Dewan, I would like for you to break down the three different personalities that host the show. So we'll start with you, Corral. <laughs> yeah. So Minority Report, we uh, just celebrated our second anniversary uh, in April. So we've been around. Congrats. Hello. Congrats. Thank you, boo. Uh, so it started, quite frankly, like I've always wanted to do a podcast. So that's where it started, quite frankly. Then I got laid off mm -hmm. <laughs> from a job that I had for almost 13 years, didn't foresee it. And I was like, oh, my Lord, what's going on? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to finally do something that I want to do for myself. Yeah. And then uh, so just kind of thinking, I was like, OK, what does it need to look like? Do I what what do I want it to sound like? And I was like, OK, I know I want it to be unapologetically queer, unapologetically black or person of colors. Then I was like, OK, who are my friend group do I think could potentially help me with this or want to do it or, you know? And so I'm like, who do I have like all these like long winded uh, conversations with and things like that? <laughs> I was like, oh, and actually, I remember this specific day when it happened too. when I was like, ah, Dewan, because I was in Pittsburgh, like Dewan at the time lived in Pittsburgh. So Dewan and I know each other from, from Chicago when we used to live in okay. Chicago. And then he had moved to Pittsburgh. I had moved to Dallas at that time, but my sister lived or still lives in Pittsburgh. So I was there for work and extended the trip to see my sister, see Dewan, et cetera. And we were at a brunch. It was like me, Dewan, his partner, my sister. I think it was just the four of us or no, no. I, um, forget his name someone else anyway not important <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh we were just having these like dynamic conversations which we always do yeah. every time Juan and I get together but in that moment I remember distinctly remembering ah okay you know what if I ever do a podcast I'm gonna ask Dewan because I think he'd be good at it just because he's just good at storytelling he's just like the, and I wanted to show more of a spectrum yeah. Like, it's just like, yes, we could be fabulous. We could be lit. We could be do all this. But there's more to us than just that part of us, the Beyonce part and the fabulosity, you know? Right. And so fast forward, like, I think a year passed, get laid off. And I'm like, I'm going to do this podcast. So I asked Dewan and he graciously was like, hey, yeah, I I'm on board. But then I was like, okay, 
he and I could get a little long with it, which you could probably go and find out in my response right now. <laughs> and I was like, who is going to break this shit up? And can I cuss? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, cool. You Who's can break literally this shit say up? whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, who in my friend group again? Who Who's going to be the one that just kind of maybe pops off a little bit? And Jarrell. I was like, ah, I'm going to ask Jarrell because I know the second he gets in, because he's probably a little more black and white than Dewan and I. Yeah. I'm probably the most gray out of the three of us. But Jarrell's definitely, when he thinks one way, it's going to be hard to get him the other way, which is awesome and entertaining, but allows us to also grow. Yeah. Uh, so that's where it started. So literally called Jarrell and was like, hey, boo, I have this idea for a podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Would you like to join Dewan and I? And he said yes. And then literally that's where Minority Report came from. Um, we uh, started, you know, brainstorming what we wanted to look like, sound like, et cetera, et cetera, and then launched it in April 2019, and literally an episode every Monday ever since. Nice. So it's been it's been a journey, and it's been great. It's been our therapy. Mm-hmm. We like especially this last year of just like COVID and Black Lives Matter and just this, a lot of heavy emotional stuff. Yeah, it's been great to know at least once a week going to hop on for however long it is with your friends and just be able to talk it out, yeah. whatever the topic is, because there's no uh, topic like that's off limits. We spill it all and probably share too much, quite frankly. <laughs> but but that's the enjoyable part. It's like we're trying to live and be as 100% authentic, authentically mm-hmm. ourselves through this medium. And um, so yeah, so that's that's Minority Report. New episodes every Monday. Absolutely. So before we move on to Dewan, I wanna uh, comment on what you said as far as we probably share too much. <laughs> So I often feel that way on the healing space as well, because mm-hmm. I'm 1000% cellophane. And so, <laughs> Not cellophane. I, but I, I had to sit back and say to myself, you know, come on, Saran Wrap. Right. Huh? <laughs> exactly. This episode has been sponsored by Saran Wrap. <laughs> so I'm, I'm huge on putting so much out there that no one could ever feel as though they have anything on me, hmm. you know? So I say, because I'm one of those kind of people, I will share whatever pictures I feel like it through text message. I will leave whatever voice messages I want. I say in DMs, say whatever it is that I care to say. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, make sure you you feel as though there's nothing that you need to hide. If you're going to speak up, speak up loud and proud. Because Absolutely. unfortunately, there are people out here who believe in screenshots. They believe in recording without you knowing, you know? So I'm like, believe whatever it is that you say and stand in it, you know? But but here's another kind of flip side to that too. Like the cool thing, and maybe the thing, maybe people are like, oh, well, you're wishy-washy on that and this and that. Mm -hmm. It provides an opportunity to grow. Like we have two other co-hosts and then a lot of times we bring other guests on. If there's something that you believe in or something that you know more about, share it. Mm -hmm. And I'm so cool with like being like, oh, no, you know what? I was wrong in that regard. Or I said that in 2019, but in Corell in 2021 has grown since that point. And I feel like all three of us kind of believe in that. Yes, like sometimes we have a thing called hashtag never let it go and shit (laughs) like that. But but for the most part, if there's something that Dewan believes in and I don't believe it and we have mm-hmm. opposite opinions, that's okay. Yeah. That is okay. As long as like a foundation of respect, we're good to go. Like yeah. you could still believe in that. I can still believe in this. And guess what? We're gonna kiki it up next week. Right. <laughs> right. And that's and that's the biggest thing I hope that our listeners that we call the community gets out of it is just that even though yes, we're three gay black men, mm-hmm. 
we could still have completely different journeys to where we're at right now Absolutely. and different opinions and vantage points. And if you want to bring up something that I said in 2019, let me re-listen because I probably forgot I said it. Right. And let me see if I still agree with myself right. or not. And it is what it is. <laughs> but also, but also to that point, sometimes you have to let things marinate for in order for That's true too. like if, if you're gonna if you are gonna change your mind and you have a, a long held belief about a certain kind of thing based on your experience your education or lack thereof or whatever yeah and somebody brings a different point you our knee-jerk reaction a lot of us if i'm just being completely honest is to be defensive and so mm -hmm. you're gonna defend your point right you know without really really listening to the other person you know you're 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 you know you're you're listening to respond not listening to you know engage in meaningful conversation Absolutely. and that's, that's a very that's a very different thing but a lot of times and this has happened to to me personally and this i'm sure this happened to the other aunties um on the show you, you hear something and then like after the show you know is recorded or after the conversation or two days later or four days or four months later or two years later yeah you've sat with it enough to say yeah. oh wow you know what either i was talking out of you know out of this space <laughs> right, <laughs> right? <laughs> this space right. <laughs> right. what, I, what i thought i knew or you know maybe just Wow, I never, now that I've sat with it for a little bit and I've had other conversations that have circled this one conversation, yeah. it's broadened my horizon. So now I feel a little bit different. And that's the beautiful part of, I think, what our podcast gives is that intentionality for us to be 100% authentic. So you don't get an on air personality yeah. with Minority Report. You get Dewan, Auntie Dewan, Auntie Carell, Auntie Jarrell. Mm -hmm. And and you and it that's gonna come with some conflicting ideas, some <laughs> flip flopping on some you know on some long held beliefs, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of things that we're all in very much agreement with, you know, mm -hmm. like how amazing Beyonce is. And, that you know, part, <laughs> come on. That or, part. You know, the party only gets started when you pull out the wigs, you know, like <laughs> so you know. But you get to, you get to see that, and that's one of the, the the one of the beautiful things about what our podcast is doing. Um, in the 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 broad spectrum of all the podcasts and the rich tapestry that there is that of podcasts that are out there, mm -hmm. that's what we're bringing to this medium. That's really authentic. Yeah, and we so, said this. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. We just the tag team on that too. See, we, we 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 just we can speak. Well, wait, we wait, can wait. Talk. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> I, I was like, let me let them talk. But uh, what I was saying is the complete on the other side of what you all were saying. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> See. But, but I was like, they're going. So I was like, I'm gonna let them go. <laughs> now, I completely agree with what y'all said, completely. So for what y'all were saying, yes, absolutely agree. And uh -huh. I, I believe it's extremely important to be able to hold space and respect for different points of view. Um, like with Minority Report, the healing space is very much that exact same way because how are we healing, how are we growing if we're not having dissenting opinions, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, what I was saying is if Raven sends a dick pic to somebody and then they decide <laughs> they're going to shame him for it. So oh, they go shit. and they take that picture and they post it online and they say, you're talking about he's a sensei and blah, blah, blah. Then mm. I come out and I'm like, but I get to be a complex human being, you know? Yeah. Like, sure, I'm talking about peace and love, but that has nothing to do with the fact that you want to see my dick and I showed it to you. Who that part? Listen, you know, you I, know? I, I feel like we've luckily from get go have left room 
for everything, yes. whether it be overly sexualized, whether it be overly political, whether it yeah. be overly whatever it is. So, I mean, we talk about a lot of dicks and asses and everything yes. on the episode, and we allow that room to be. And if you want to say your dick pic, okay, cool. Yeah. Do you, boo. Like, yeah. we, we're not going to smudge that part. We invite it. You know what? <laughs> Go ahead and DM us at Minority Report on yes. IG. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, so it's 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 about not letting people shame you, you know, to, to walk in yeah, the yeah. in the fullness of your truth. So yeah. if you're walking in your truth, it makes it difficult for people to be able to say, this is who they say they are, but this is who right. they're not. The raven that you get on the healing space will also, because what I found out is that people will, you know, either DM me or say things to me on the side that's like, well, I thought that this was you and I thought that that yeah. was you. And I'll always say to them, but you don't listen to my podcast. Right. Whenever I talk to people on social media, I'm like, if you want to know exactly who I am, because one of the things that I'm not, and, and definitely here's an opportunity <laughs> for where we all may not necessarily agree. I don't agree with when people post things saying people try to act like they're this person online. I mean, and they like their whole thing is to say it in a positive way, but mm -hmm. I take it differently because, mm -hmm. you know, people will say I'm going through a whole lot. Don't listen to these people online who only show you this side of who they are. Don't listen to that. They like to make it pretty online. The reason why I disagree with that is this. Dewan could feel as though I deal with a lot of really harsh shit in my day-to-day -day life. So Dewan makes the decision that this is what it is you get to see online. I need to see happiness. So I show happiness online because that's what I need in my day to day. My, this shit is hard for me offline, yeah, yeah. you know? So I'm putting these good things on because maybe I need to see it. So when you say that I'm fake because I'm only showing this stuff, you don't know my life, you know? So my thing is, is that when people come at me and they're like, well, Raven, you're not showing this, you're not showing that, you act like everything's perfect. You don't listen to my podcast. On my podcast, right. I've talked about my breakdowns. Yeah. I've talked about my mental health issues and what I go through with my therapist and everything. I also make sure to say online, on social media, if you want to know the real me, listen to my podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get on Instagram and give you 20 hours of my <laughs> life. That part. No, because we ain't got <laughs> enough time. Here's, here's, the, thing that I here's the thing that I just don't understand, though. So I 1,000% totally agree with you and i just don't understand how you gonna be woke about who someone else is listen <laughs> how you gonna be woke for me for me you know what i mean like for me like most of these people are most of these people that are doing the finger pointing mm -hmm. are people who who are like they're part of the cancel culture crew yeah. these are people that are so ready to catch somebody else slipping Right, but you aren't focused on yourself growing. Come on. So instead of instead of asking someone, you know, instead of like accusing them of like only showing these positive things because that's a fake version of them, mm. how about ask them a question about how can I bring more joy into my life, brother? Speak, speak. You know what I mean? Like, flip that shit around. Like, don't have, don't have like challenge yourself to have a growth mindset. Mm. That's what I, and if, if you find that the majority of your day, in my opinion, my mm. opinion only, and I'm Dewan Hawkins, you can find me at Minority <laughs> Report, and you can, you can DM me, whatever, we can have right. this conversation. But the reality of it, the reality of it is, is that if you put the same amount of energy that you, that you have, that you're allocating, mm -hmm. right, towards cutting other people down or looking for ways to Say, gotcha, diminish, bitch. Yeah. yeah, diminish <laughs> who they are, gotcha complex, whatever. You know, let me pause for just a second and say, 
I've done this. I've been on like, I've scrolled through Instagram or whatever and, mm -hmm. and I've seen like a person's picture and I, my first my first instinct might have been, oh, you know, let me say something petty or whatever. But then, you know what, what else kicks in for me? It's my maturity kicks in. It says, mm. wait a minute. You know, why Why? Why do I feel why, the need yeah. to, to put that out there? Yeah, right. You know, put that energy out there, right? Like, and, and if I were getting that, how would I feel? It's like, oh, I just checked myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so if you don't have that kind of filtering, you are so so busy you've got so much time and energy to be Ooh. focused about what other people they are come doing. help us out over at minority report <laughs> i got some work for you <laughs> there are other there are so many other ways to put that kind of hustle and energy to positive that ways that can yeah. benefit your life it's just it's not worth it boo it's yeah. not and i think another thing we try to do and that was kind of like the beginning of the podcast as well is we were really focusing on the spectrum like there's so many stereotypes of what a gay black man is supposed to sound like, supposed to look like, supposed yeah. to be like this and that. And literally I let that shit go. Literally it's probably taken the podcast for me to probably even show even a fuller version of myself mm. because people might say, oh, Carell's a pastor's kid. Oh, Carell went to school here. Oh, Carell grew up in the predominantly white community. Oh, Carell's in the interracial relationship. Like all these isms out there of what I'm supposed to be and sound and look and be. No, bitch, like listen to the podcast. You're going to finally see a fuller spectrum of myself and breaking down some of these stereotypes. We might uphold some of the stereotypes too, but that's okay. Yes, It's okay yes. to show what you want to show. It's okay to say what you want to say, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and so like for me with social media, like once I've kind of got that in my head, a lot of shit people say, I'm like, I don't care because I'm literally finally yeah. being myself mm -hmm. and if i want to show myself in a speedo today guess there what i was looking good that day and i was feeling good about myself that day yes. if i want to put up a quote <laughs> about mlk or malcolm jamal warner in jamal's yeah. case <laughs> then guess what bitch? then i'm gonna put that up and that's okay and once you kind of get that mindset honey and if y'all don't get that inside joke listen to minority report ravens on this week thank you very much <laughs> But real quick, oh. real quick, could you ask the question like 89 hours ago, we still hadn't got to it. <laughs> <laughs> the personality. So Minority Report has three hosts. Um, Carell is our, our main host and the founder of the, the podcast. Um, and then there's Jarrell, who's um, based out of Seattle and I'm based out of New York. Carell's in, in Atlanta. When we got together and we were talking about the format of the show, <laughs> one of the things that as black men growing up in a black culture that was very synonymous about, you know, how we learned about what was going on in the world was from, you know, our aunties getting together at the kitchen table on Saturday or Sunday morning and talk about shit that's going on. Mm -hmm. And so we felt like we wanted to embody like that, but just be ourselves. And so when we were thinking about like, okay, well, we all have an auntie name and the auntie name is basically a drink or a cocktail that represents our personality. So Corella's auntie, Vodka, because I just go, you know, I go with everything, go with the flow, you know, it is what it is, boo. Tastes delicious. Right. I'm Auntie Chardonnay. You pair me with things appropriately. Come on. Come on. She's, she's, then, like, she's like a little, a little more bougie, a little more, you know, high class auntie. Um, but, and then you have, you have Jarrell, who's Auntie Hennessy. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about those drinks, right, or that, that kind of liquor, <laughs> mm -hmm. it gives you a, an idea of like the personality that you're going to get. 
Um, but I think the, the, the biggest thing and what we've been talking about this last couple of minutes um, has really been about showing the fullness of who we are. And I think we've been very conscious from the very beginning in terms of what you were touching on, which is whatever it is that we choose to show is what mm -hmm. we choose to show. And we stand in it 100 mm percent. If we say something, we, we mean it. Um, so we're, you're not getting. You know, we're, you're not getting an on-air personality. You yeah. are getting, you are getting the version of ourselves um, that we're that we're able to share in the construct of the format that we are leveraging, which is this podcast. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so we are much bigger, more multifaceted, and have many more interests and in, in ideas, and and have so much more to us than what can even be possibly conveyed through the through this medium, exactly. you know, so you're getting a glimpse of it, but the glimpse that you're getting is going to be 100% us. Mm -hmm. And we invite you, we invite you to, you know, to strike up a conversation. If there's something that you want to learn more about or dive a little bit deeper in, or challenge us on, you know, we yeah. invite, we invite those things to happen. We have a segment called Ask Your Aunties. Well, you can write your question in. How do you feel about this? And you will get our, our authentic answers to that. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it's really important that we demonstrate like your podcast does and i think in a much sophisticated and 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 welcoming and an authentic kind of way it shows the full spectrum of what it means to be a a person from our community mm -hmm. that has a voice on this particular area that we're talking about and it's it's one of a gazillion voices that's out there um, we just happen to have a platform yeah 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 Thank you, by the way. But yes, yes, I, I completely agree. Um, and I, I love that you all have so many levels. Like when I was on there with you guys, so much laughter. Oh, it felt so good. Like I need y'all to understand the way that Malcolm Jamal Warner showed up on there. It needs to be, it needs to be t-shirts. It needs to be hoodies. Like that was so. But like even listening to the episode with Jasmine Masters, and just listening to how you all, because you all were talking about the. Um, the killing of that young that young yes, sister. Yes, um, I forgot yeah, her name. Starts with an M. In Columbus, Ohio. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and it's like you all were able to laugh during that episode, but when it was time to be serious, you all could be serious and talk about how all of you were feeling, you know, in yeah. that moment and conversing about that. And I love that. I love to be able to listen to a podcast, especially when it's black queer men, and yeah. just being able to hear the different levels of conversations that we can talk about. I think it's really, really important. Um, and agree. speaking of which, when you all were talking about asking the aunties later on in uh, the healing space, we have a segment called The Couch, and I'm really yes. looking forward to you both being able to answer questions for the Misfit <laughs> Universe. So Absolutely. there is the community, and there is the Misfit Universe. So it's wonderful <laughs> okay. that we get to bring those together. Bridge them together. Listen, so, okay, now it is time for the check-in. And so as we go into the check-in, I'll break down what's been going on with me lately, and then I'll send it off to the two of you as well to be able to talk about what's been going on as far as your mental health and wellness. So for me, Misfits, as I've talked about in uh, the last, I think, two episodes, I'm going to be taking a break at the end of the month. So for the month of June, I'm going to be chilling. My brother's going to travel and just take some time separate from social media to finally finish my damn Audible books. <laughs> that part. Oh, my God. I got that's about to charge me again. Like, I think it's tomorrow. Listen, I need listen. to cancel. <laughs> so we need to talk because I tried to cancel this morning because I was like, OK, I have 13 books. I have, I have only right made it through one. <laughs> I have five more credits. I was like, I need to cancel yeah, this shit. Like, 
Because now I'm willing to go back. I'm willing to go back, but let me finish these before you give me another credit. I know. So if you know how to cancel, we got to talk about that afterwards because I cannot find it. <laughs> Bothering my spirit. Every time I see that charge come through, I'm like, damn. Listen. I got another credit and I still got like, that Obama book is sitting out there and that, that bad boy is like 9,000 hours. <laughs> I have three hours left. Three Girl. hours. Oh my God. I have only been able to get through one chapter of Cicely Tyson. Oh, I've see, only been it. able that's to get through Obama. three chapters of George M. Johnson. Like, oh my God! Like, please, Girl. Obama. It's I gave much. up books. It's too much. I gave up books for the time being because I just recognize just I I as much as I want mm -hmm. to you know have all this other stuff going on. I just. I, it's not happening. I know in my That's mind's real. eye, I know that I'm not going to make the time. It's not that I don't have the time. It's just, I'm not prioritizing it. And as yeah. much as I want yeah. to read, like there's a ton of amazing books that are out there that always get recommended to me, bo mm -hmm. both through work and through friends and whatnot. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not doing it. So yeah. I just said, you know what? Nope, I'm not doing it. That's a good book for you. Yeah. And you can give me the cliff notes. <laughs> You know, like, I can't. No, that's mm -mm. right. Mm -mm. But that that's real, you know, because in, in going into what's been going on with my, my health and wellness for my check-in, it's, I have uh, put a little too much on myself, you know? Like, and I don't think I was even thinking about the books when I was mm -hmm. thinking about all that I've put on myself, but it's the books. Uh, I'm going through my yoga certification. I've been teaching since 2011, but I've never been certified. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm going through finally getting certified. But what I think is hilarious is that as I began the journey, so really quick, talk about anxiety. I was able to get a grant this time last year to uh, get my yoga certification. It is $2,700 to get certified. Yeah. I can get it for free. So the way anxiety showed up is that it took me an entire year and I made all types of excuses because I was scared as shit to get my yeah. certification. Mm -hmm. So I made all these excuses out of it. So at the what beginning of this- What were you scared year, of? My greatness. Okay. Yeah. And I talk That's about real. that on the podcast all the time yeah. about how we're afraid of our own greatness, Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and all the things we are absolutely certain we could accomplish, yeah. but we're scared of what it looks like on the opposite side of yeah. our greatness, Yeah. you know? Yeah. So I talked myself and, out and, of it. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Real quickly, and for for a lot of other people, what that looks like, sometimes they can hear like someone say something like, I'm afraid of my greatness or I'm afraid of success. And they don't know what that really means because it, mm -hmm. it sounds so foreign to them. Yeah. It's afraid of change. Yes. Let's break it down. It's I'm used to life looking a certain kind of way. And one, I know for a fact in my heart of hearts and my entire being that once I do this, my situation is going to change and I don't know if I'm ready for that. That's what people mean by when they say, I'm afraid of success, I'm afraid of my greatness. That's what that means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On, on the other side of me accomplishing that, I don't know where it'll take me, you know? And yeah. so yeah. I, I talked myself out of it because you have wanted to get certified for as long as you've been a teacher, you know? And yeah. while I was extremely happy, and this is what I was gonna say, the hilarious thing is, the minute I began my uh, my education, as far as getting my certification, the first thing they say to you, which I had to laugh because I was irritated, but then I was like, I'm also gonna laugh at it. They say in the very beginning, the truth is you don't need your certification. 
I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. like in order yeah. to be a teacher, you don't really need your certification. You just need the time spent. And I was like, son of a bitch. Like, I've been uh, teaching since 2011. I'm more right. than qualified. Right. But right. I also realized the certification opens doors for you. You know, exactly. um, it, it's very much yeah. like a degree or anything of that nature. It, it just opens shows up doors. you're willing to do a commitment. That's yeah. all the degree is. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm doing the books. I'm, uh, you know, my, my nine to five working in mental health. Uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg of all of the things I'm doing. So, you know, my check-in is saying, how I'm checking in with myself is saying, Raven, you are doing more than you are, you're, you're doing more than you want to take on right now. Yeah. Because the, the truth is at a different level, I'd be able to knock this stuff out. Like, shoot, 25 year old me was doing that regularly. <laughs> but yeah. what I've come to understand, and I had to have a conversation with one of my friends who also works in mental health, who had said to me, here's the deal. We pride ourselves on multitasking, but why? We shouldn't be so proud of the fact that we can multitask. There's no shame in saying, I wanna read a book. Mm -hmm. You're going to read that book and saying, and right now everything else can take a rest until I'm yeah. finished doing this mm -hmm. book, you yeah. know? And that's never been me. I'm, I'm, I'm over here doing Obama and the, the exact same time I'm playing my video game, at the same time I'm on Facebook with one of my friends. Uh -huh. And I can do all of that at the exact same time. Yeah. It's not needed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so checking necessary. in with me was saying, you don't have to do all of this. Go away from social media and your podcasts for a while and just be, and yeah. that's it, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. So for you, Dewan, what's your check-in? I try to check in every damn day by bringing my ass home or just turning off the computer because I'm working from home mm -hmm. um, and watching probably too much just television. <laughs> I spend I spend a vast majority of my time, um, you know, in my head, my working time in my head. Um, I have, you know, a, a, a job that just requires an incredible amount of, you know, just strategic thinking and a lot of like, um, you know, like, communication at different levels. Yeah. And so I'm literally on a Zoom. If, if I was in, in an office, I would be in a meetings back to back to back to back. I generally have about 11 to 15 meetings a day. Mm. Um, so it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot to have to switch, um, <coughs> you know, that frequently. And then I, you know, I do the podcast and, you know, I've got a couple other things that are going on. So, you know, when I'm done for the day, I, I'm really good about when I'm done, I'm done. I don't check in. I don't like, I, I just, I, I close everything for work. I don't like have notified. I turn all my, I've all, for the last three years, I've turned all my notifications off on my phone because those are distractors for yeah. me and they will draw my attention. And when I'm done for the day, my, I guess my check-in for myself is, you know, I, I need to purge a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just sit there and I watch and I escape for a little bit. You know, and I do that every single day, every single workday for the most part. Yeah. Um, and, and it helps keep me balanced for the most part. Um, the other part of it is the podcast is it has been a, like Carell said, just a therapy session mm -hmm. to be able to unpack things that have been going on. There have been weeks where <laughs> it's like we, we're all like in a sorority, me, Carell and Jarrell, <laughs> because we'll we'll undoubtedly get to the night that we're recording and then we'll talk about our week for like the first you know before we even get on the podcast and we're all having like the same kinds of experiences know. you know the, different flavor but same kind of experiences and 
you know, we get we get the benefit of the support from one another. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, those are just really two ways for me. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I, I think a lot of the misfits will really be able to understand and uh, also relate to what you said as far as cutting things off, you know? And, and deciding, okay, I don't need, the, the amount of conversations that I have, people where they say, I've turned up my notifications, that's real. That's very real, you know? And I, I, I can admit that I reached that breakdown I told you guys about last year, led to me for the very first time turning off my notifications. Mm-hmm. And the peace that came along with that, mm-hmm. <laughs> of not having that light on my iPhone <laughs> suddenly show up. And I'm like, oh, wow, another notification on Facebook. Let me check that out for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and there's psychology behind it. There's say psychology behind it. If you've ever watched, uh, I believe it's on uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's called The Social, the social Experiment. Social Experiment, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And while I didn't like the production, of the social experiment, <laughs> um, but the 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 content was really eye opening because although you hear things about you know, blah blah works, they were able to break it down in such a way that it made sense and it just reaffirmed to me that uh, this notion of always being connected, right? Um, for me, always being connected was was pulling more energy out of me than I than what I was willing to give. Mm-hmm. For other people. For, for a lot of people, that may feed you and that's yes. okay. You know, was, we don't have to be the same. We're yeah. not built the same, you know? And so, um, but it's draining for me. And I'm one of those people that if I have something that's, that needs to be done, I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a strong sense of accountability. So, you know, if um, if I have an obligation or if, I, if there's an email or something like, and I see that because I've seen it, now I have to act on it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, one of the self, preservation tools that I've learned is that you don't have to change your entire lifestyle. You can make these micro adjustments, these Mm -hmm. smaller adjustments that allow you a little bit more freedom and and relieve a lot more stress in, 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 at least in my life. And so turning off my notifications was, it's, it's life changing. I had a conversation with my boss about, um, you know, uh, we were talking about Slack and, uh, my, my company's on the East Coast or on the West Coast and I'm on the East Coast. So there's always a, t- there's always a time difference. And she was like, yeah, you know, I was trying to reach you um, earlier today and I, you know, I, I sent you a Slack and I was, I'm just not quite sure what's the best, we're getting to know each other, you know, in this way. So she's like, I'm just trying to figure out what's the best way to reach you. I said, well, I can tell you that I turn all my notifications off. You know, if you really want to reach me and it's important, send me an email because I only sl- check Slack twice a day. Mm-hmm. If it's important, it shouldn't be in Slack. In my opinion, it should be an email so that we have a paper trail so I have something I can go back to. Right. I also have dyslexia. So things don't always stick in my brain. I have to write things down. Mm-hmm. So I said, for me, it's important. If it's important for you to like get a hold of me, you can either call me on my cell phone mm-hmm. or you can, um, which they don't have a culture really doing that, but they can. you can call me on my cell phone or you can send me an email. And if it's in my email, I generally check my email between every single meeting, but I only select, I only check Slack twice a day. Mm-hmm. Come these, on, show up for yourself. Yes. These little, but it, these are little <laughs> things. These are little things to help relieve the anxiety. And I think it's important for people to figure out like what works for you. What are the yes. things that drive you nuts? And what are the, the small things that you can do to kind of relieve yourself of that, that stress? Absolutely. Absolutely. And what about you, Karel? Oh, man. Um, 
And what was remind me what this initial question was? <laughs> was it? Was, <laughs> what is uh, what is your check in? How oh, over the check-in. last you know over the last couple of weeks, maybe the last month, how have you yeah. checked in with yourself? Uh, luckily, I, I just went to Puerto Rico last week, mm. and so that was a big thing because like. Like Dewan, like my job, I'm constantly thinking, constantly, and like I'm on a client, so I'm constantly kind of on their schedule. So whatever they need, I gotta make sure the client is happy and things like that. So like a lot of times, I'm always thinking for my job. I'm always thinking for the podcast. I'm always thinking for to help my husband because he has some like social media stuff that he does. So my brain is like always on thinking 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 so a lot of times for me i need to turn the thinking off and the figuring out off and the next steps off and things like that so a lot of time it's before the vacay it's just probably youtube like i'll try to like catch a couple hours of just random ass youtube like it's like because i don't want to invest a lot of times in tv shows right now because it starts my brain thinking like oh yeah. what's coming up next oh i want to see what's I don't want I don't want to. <laughs> so a lot of times like Jarrell and Dewan be like, oh, did you catch this show? Did you see? It? No, no, show didn't. Because <laughs> that's not bringing me no damn peace <laughs> at all. <laughs> so a lot of times it's literally I like the randomness of YouTube because the recommended screen, it might be something about the new MacBook Pro coming out to to what are they doing in Iran right now to and that way I, I find I still like learning. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gives that part of it and still maybe stimulates those that part of the brain. But at least I'm not having to be like, oh, now Corel has to figure out how to, to, to solve the Palestinian crisis. <laughs> like that. So that's how my brain always works. And so luckily the, the trip to Puerto Rico allowed me, A, they had a curfew. Mm-hmm. So like literally at 9 p.m. I got like probably the most rest I've ever gotten on a vacation before. Yeah. Literally, I was able to just chill out. Like we still had like the podcast stuff, so I had to still do that stuff. But other than that, I tried my best to try not to always answer all the DMs on IG and and put up all so many posts for social media and things like that. I tried to be a little more diligent because I'm usually the one like, okay, I know I need to post a sh- like I'm one. If I know something has to be a certain way for it to work, yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so if it's you gotta post ten posts a day on social media, guess what? I might post eleven because <laughs> that's what it needs to be done, and that's just how my brain works. It is what it is to me. So I don't really get too drained from like the social media and stuff like that because I literally look at it solely as it's for minority report mm-hmm. <laughs> and i have to do what i gotta do things like that but i tried to make sure that week last week to limit that a lot because even if you're not cognizant that it's pulling some of your energy ultimately it is yeah um so I was able to have a few cocktails enjoy some vitamin d <laughs> like to add some little cute little puerto rican men's on the beach and i was good <laughs> to go so uh and so it, it's been nice like i've been vaccinated so just have some traveling coming up again this summer Hopefully I get a chance to get home to see my family. I haven't been home in two years, mm-hmm. which is like the longest in my entire life. So that right now is probably the one thing that's probably giving me the most anxiety just because I have a niece that's been sick for a year and with an autoimmune disease and things like that. So not being, I'm the oldest. So not being there physically for like my brother and his wife and my parents and things like that, yeah. that probably drains me more than anything right now, just because it's just like, uh, I'm used to being there for mm-hmm. them. And right now COVID has not allowed me to do so when they in us literally probably the most crazy thing of our lives for our yeah. family, um, quite frankly. Um, but yeah, I, I try I try to check in in ways to just to call myself. I do I produce music. A lot of times music for me is a way for me to just chill out. It always has been. 
So I do that as well. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, luckily right now I'm in a, a good space. This might be the best check-in we've had on the show. Now, come on now. Come on now. I mean, I if you would have probably asked me before talkers. Puerto Rico. <laughs> before Puerto Rico, I was a little tired. I was just a little drained. And like, I've been working from home, yeah. similar to Dewan. So it's just like, I was like, I need to get out this house. I need to get out of Atlanta. I just need to get out because I'm feeling a little claustrophobic. So that trip did me some, some good. Okay. So with that said, we are done with the check-in, Misfits. And now it is time for the culture of pop. So, do either one of you watch Grey's Anatomy? I used to. I used to be a hardcore Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I used to, like, me and my dad, surprisingly enough, used to, until Christina nice. Yang left. That was the last <laughs> season I watched hardcore. And then since then, I think I moved yeah. right after that season and just never got back in that cadence. And now here it is, like, episode, or season 9043. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that I would just kind of falling out, but I kind of want to get back into it. But then in my mind, I start calculating the number of hours that I need to catch up. And I ain't got the time to be doing all that. So Christina left after the end of season 10. Oh, damn. So it's been that long. Yeah. <laughs> They're about to go into season 18. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Christina was my favorite character. So I, I knew I was going to continue to watch because Grace is my favorite show on television. Uh -huh. However, I was wondering what it was going to be like once she was gone. Has it been good? Has it been and, worth it? Um, I personally think it's been worth it. Okay. Um, uh, my my friend who used to be my co-host, BHW, he and I talk about it all the time because he's a screenwriter. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I often look at it from a director's point of view and an actor's point of view. He looks yeah. at it from a screenwriter's point of view. Mm -hmm. So when we converse about it, he has not been the biggest fan of this season, which is understandable, even though the ratings have stayed up. Yeah. I do feel as though most of the viewers, it's their least favorite season because it's been all about COVID. Um, uh, the, the writers and producers felt as though it was important for them as a medical drama to stay as realistic as possible of what we're going mm, through. I see that. However, it has taken away from the storylines quite a bit. Um, okay. I won't, you know, ex especially if Corel, if you decide yeah. you want to watch it again, I, I won't go do. into too much. Uh, but one of, I'll just say one of the characters is pretty much bedridden for most of the season. Oh, well, damn. <laughs> so, <Okay>. right. So <laughs> it, it, it kind of takes away from the show. However, I've still been as invested as always. And I'm looking forward to season 18. Being, um, I'm kind of, uh, kind of whatever. I'm very anal about most things. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I'm very particular when it comes to numbers. Yeah. So for me, I mean, it's, it's ending on an even number and that's fine. However, oh, I this is going to be the last season. It. I'm fairly certain it's going to be the last yeah. season. Mm, uh, okay. So people wanted this season to be the last season just because, again, not giving away anything, but there is a lot that happens that kind of screams, okay. this mm. should be it. Yeah. However, I knew that it couldn't be. I knew we were going to have to have season yeah. 18. Now, they haven't said that it's going to be the last one, but season 17 has looked so much like the last season. There's no way season 18 won't be, you know. Mm, um, so I, I know that. I wanted to be 20. I That's what like I was thinking. They nice wouldn't go for 20? twenty. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I think that after this this season, people are spent. You know, yeah. I think they're really exhausted after this season. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they said it. I'll be here for, until season twenty, personally. But, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I can't be mad if it ends because I have eighteen. I can go Girl, back and watch. Girl, so. literally a third of my life. <laughs> <laughs> More than a third of my life. Shit, right. half, half my life. 
It's been Grey's Anatomy. Like, yeah, no, it was like Sunday night was Grey's Anatomy, especially when like Desperate Housewives is on. I was wow. like, ooh, even through college, I was like, yeah. let me watch this Grey's Anatomy and this Desperate Housewives. I was all the way now, in. Now, you took me back because Grey's uh, Anatomy has been on Thursdays for so long that right? when you said Sunday, I was like, sheesh, right? you were watching it in the beginning, weren't back you? Back day, bitch. That's for Housewives was everything, too. It Woo. sure was. Oh, my goodness. Did you ever watch Devious Maids? No, I never Devious watched Devious Maids was like, it wasn't a spinoff because it wasn't anybody right. from there to go to it. But Mark Cherry made that show as well. Right. It was very much in the same vein as Desperate Housewives. Yeah. I got into it really later on on Hulu. It was really good. It was really good. Is, has he made anything else? I don't think he's made anything since Devious Maids. I think after that, that was it huh. for him. Um, I, I'm sure I would have enjoyed whatever else he made. So if, right. if Ryan Murphy can make 18,000 shows. I know that's made? right. <laughs> we say that on our show. Hashtag blame Ryan Murphy. Juan <laughs> does not like him some Ryan Murphy. <laughs> because I think it reached a point where he got too full of himself. And it was like, you, you don't even care about what it is you're making anymore. And you I say think? that because for me, after Coven, like the first three seasons of American Horror Story, I thought were everything. After that, I felt like you can pick and choose some yeah. of the stuff. I personally, yeah. I disliked the fourth season so much, I constantly forget what it was called. Carnival, <laughs> like something. See, I never watched that one. For, yeah. I'm like the lone yeah. person who has never watched <laughs> any of American Horror Story. Mm -mm. But yeah, and then he made, uh, what was that prequel he made to, um, was it One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Uh, Nurse Ratchet. He decided he was oh, going to do yeah. a prequel oh, of yeah. Nurse Ratchet. Yeah. Baby, when I say my partner and I couldn't make it past episode one, we were like, no, nope, uh, it's not going to work for us. It's not going to work. <laughs> I think, he, it, uh, it's like he just throws things at the wall and sees what sticks. Yeah. What's what's frustrating for me um, with Ryan Murphy as a, you know, just a, a, a I'm going to use the word producer lightly, just a producer Ooh. of content. <laughs> No, I, I, no shade. Uh, it was a little bit. It was right, a little bit. Right. It was, was a little like, bit. It was a little bit of shade. <laughs> it was a little bit of shade. Right. <laughs> Look, they don't call me Auntie Chardonnay for nothing. He said lightly. Yes. <laughs> yes, he has that but Dominique it, Devereaux shade. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, I, the, the thing that's most frustrating is that I think that from an idea perspective, mm -hmm. he's got some really fantastic ideas. Mm -hmm. I think he, where he falls to in, in a couple ways. One, he falls in the, in the fact that he that he he's unable to um, to edit himself. Mm. So even if you look at even if you go back to seasons one, two, and three of of American Horror Story, um, or in fact a lot of the seasons. They start out, those first five episodes where they're doing all of the character development mm -hmm. are incredible. And you get hooked. Mm -hmm. It is something that happens right around episode six <laughs> or seven where shit just goes left. And he starts throwing everything, including the kitchen sink in. If you'll remember season two, Coven. Or not Coven, I'm sorry. Um, Asana, the, the Asylum. 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 Yeah, Asylum. Yeah. What all happened in that? You had the devil, you had aliens, you had Nazis, you had um, you had people that you had you had you had mass murderers that were skinning people and wearing, wearing their skins alive. You there were all so within much. one season. 
And remember, they the, the the Nazi guy that was like burning the people in the in the in the infirmary was also taking some of the 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 insane people. Pardon me, taking some of the people mm -hmm. that lived in the insane asylum. So excuse me, yeah. um, and throwing them out to the back because there was some unpronounceable, unnamed monster that was behind the insane asylum mm -hmm. that was eating them up. So yeah, I don't do well with shows like that. <laughs> so, and the thing that's frustrating about that that I just shared is, it's it's it shows that he doesn't care about his audience. Mm. It, it shows that he does not he doesn't care about like their 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 mental capacity mm -hmm. to be able to understand how much effort it takes to disassociate you know reality and have suspended belief for the context of this show. But then he starts disregarding that, and then he starts throwing all these other things in that just say, well, "You don't give a care. you don't you don't give a damn about me. You don't mm -hmm. you don't care if I enjoy this or not. You're just doing this for you." And I think you nailed it. He's just very, he's he, he's full of himself, mm -hmm. and it shows. But in stories where the stories are finite, like the O.J. Simpson story or yeah. the, um, right. the Gianni yeah, yeah, yeah. Versace story, where it's finite and you can't really go too right. far outside the the lines or whatever, you know. He, he tends to be able to pull those off. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I, I never even it's thought offensive. about it that way. It's he, he really does. Like when I think about the the OJ uh, miniseries, it was really good. That's yeah. true. I don't yeah. really have a point where I fell out of that. As and much as be, I love Coven, I still had moments where I was completely separated from that. that and let's very be honest true. here, the O.J. Simpson trial was already lit as shit. Like, yeah. so he ain't had to do yeah, much. That, <laughs> that part, there was a the, lot going the on Johnny there. Versace story was already crazy enough, so he ain't had to do shit else. He said, this is right up my alley. Uh, right, right. <laughs> Let me produce this story. Right, he's like, I got this. <laughs> But that's very true because even though I didn't watch the rest of the Nurse Ratchet um, series, I was informed by other people that it it spoke very much to what you were saying, Duan, as far as because you know this is a whole universe that he was able to just go off of off of that right. one movie with Jack Nicholson. Right. He was able to go in directions that people were like, but that wasn't even who Ratchet was in the movie. Mm -hmm. right. You just decided, you know, I'm gonna go, whatever it is I decide to do, I'm gonna do it, and you all are gonna watch it. And then I'm on to the next project. I feel like right. he like has so many projects going on, which is great because he's a gay man. We need representation. I get it. Yeah. I feel like he like the one saying he starts these ideas. Mm -hmm. He like spearheads it for maybe the first half of the season, and then he's like, okay, you guys got. It, I'm gonna go on and do Hollywood next. He does this. Yes. The first time, then I'm gonna do this, give them to that, I'm on to whatever else next. And I feel like he doesn't do a lot of completion in making sure he's overseeing, even mm. if it's not him throwing out, throwing all these ideas, making sure that the writers aren't throwing all these crazy ideas and overseeing the show because he's already on to the next thing that's occupying yeah. his brain. Yeah. I just, I feel like as black people in the entertainment industry or just black people in general, we are, when we break through a glass ceiling, like he's breaking through, broken, broken through a glass ceiling, mm -hmm. we are held to such a high standard. You're right. And yeah. I hold his feet to the fire because there are so right. many queer stories that are worth telling and doing them justice. And don't get me wrong, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not pulling flowers away from Ryan Murphy and what he's done for the community in terms of, you know, giving, you know, uh, giving so many queer actors uh, visibility and jobs, etc. Yeah. Like, I think that's great. But you also got to be good. <laughs> You're right. 
So, you know, I'm going to hold his feet to the fire, you know, keep, keep producing content. And I would say this, I would say this of anyone, you know, like Regina King is, is starting to produce a lot of work, which is looking pretty interesting, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I would hold the same kind of scrutiny, you know, of, of her, um, uh, expression mm-hmm. i guess her artistic expression um and her her leadership in this space for the the opportunities she, she's been afforded as I, as i would to ryan murphy but yeah. i'm gonna hold him more because guess what you white so <laughs> you need to take it you just gonna have to take it hashtag blame ryan murphy <laughs> <laughs> we say it quite often on our podcast <laughs> so um earlier we were talking about gray's anatomy and for those who watch Grey's Anatomy, you know that Shonda was very instrumental in us seeing a lot of things on television that before her we didn't really see. Uh, and especially we didn't see it often. So right. I'm sure for us of a certain age, we can go back to uh, the Jeffersons. And we remember that there was an interracial couple that were married on that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, Roxy is the mother of Lenny Kravitz, for those of you mm-hmm. who, right. like me, love Lenny. Um, who, who, <laughs> wait, who doesn't? <laughs> Come on, that's a man, Get boy. That's a man. <laughs> Woo. But yeah, so in Grey's Anatomy, Shonda, and for those of us who have watched Grey's Anatomy, we know that it was she... She had no misunderstandings about this whatsoever. It was a clear idea that she was going to show a lot of interracial couples on television. Because when Grey's Anatomy came out, even then, once again, I'm sure a lot of us remember all of this hoopla that came about a Cheerios commercial. Yeah. Um, And on that Cheerios commercial, it was a multiracial couple. And the thing that I thought was so interesting is that at that time, Grey's Anatomy had had been on for several years. Absolutely. And they were still making a big deal about that commercial. So, you know, now you just see tons of commercials. Commercials, television shows, see, everything. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's like she was matters. very, sure very does. much so. And what I love about what you just said is I was having a conversation with one of my friends only a couple of days ago because he's very much, I don't see enough black couples on television. And mm-hmm. I hear that. I hear that, I receive it, and I understand yeah, it. Yeah. However, his argument is against the uh, the couples that birth biracial kids. And so yeah, my issue with that was, and this is what I was saying to him, I said, in this instance, we have the privilege, you know? Yeah. Because while there hasn't been what all of us can feel as though isn't enough representation as far as black couples that stay together, mind you, yeah. the issue is, is that you've seen more of us over the years than you have of multiracial couples. You know, so I'm like, my argument is, is that why don't they get to be seen as well? Why doesn't a show like Nixish get to exist, you know? And I said, I get your passion. I get how you feel. However, they get to be seen the same way we get to be seen. Yeah, That's not really fair to, because he really holds issue with Shonda. He's like, you show way too, oh yeah. He said, you show way too many multiracial couples and I have a problem with it. But I told him, I said, in the history of Grey's Anatomy, we have never had a black couple not be together anymore without them end up being with somebody else that was black. Right. So far right. in the history, the the almost eighteen year history of Grey's Anatomy, there's only Ooh, been one spill, couple. Are you about to spill something? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. There's there's only been one black couple that ended up not being together, yeah. and even now they're still friends. So that's not giving away too much for you. Okay, but all cool. the other couples have always been together. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. so that's and that's what I was saying to him. Like, it's not like we don't have a good history of black couples on Grey's Anatomy. It just so happens that she because she's shown um, 
black and Asian or white and Asian, mm -hmm. black and white, of course, you know, white but it's like Hispanic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, so that was my argument. Can it be him, an and so. situation? Like we always say on our podcast, like a lot of things could be an and situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be either or. Either like or. it doesn't have to be all white or all black or all yep. Hispanic, you know, like, can it be and? Like, and. you might have a black couple, you might have a Hispanic and white couple, you might have an Asian and Latino couple, like whatever it may be, which is realistic in real life. There we go. You know? Cause my there whole thing go. is like, ultimately I want to see on TV what I see when I go out to brunch, what I see when I go to Kroger, what I see, you know, and I mean, living here in Atlanta, it is a lot of black people. <laughs> 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 it's like, <laughs> but it's just like my reality and my world is way more diverse than yeah. just all my black friends and all my white friends and all my Asian friends. Like we're all commingling. Luckily, at least in my circles, luckily I've been able to have a diverse circle group yeah. of friends and families and uh, growing up family friends and things like that. So yes, I get the point where it's like, we still need a lot more representation on TV. Yeah. However, I don't want to take it away from other people of color there because they also need representation and need to be able to see because we don't know like seeing a Christina Yang and uh, what was uh, his Burke. name in the show? Burke, yes. Yeah. We don't know like a kid that was like 10 watching that yep. was now, okay, 18 or 28 years old. Right. We don't know what <laughs> stories they're gonna write because finally she saw a little uh, representation on TV there and things like go. that. So that's what I kind of always think, I always kind of think the long-term. So yes, yes I, I get what he's saying, like you said, but at the end of the day, as long as it's not as too much more white people, because they had a century of just being white on TV. Come on, yeah. we, can be, we can have a lot more people of color. And it's funny that this came up today, because literally today before I hopped on the podcast, that was a conversation I had with a friend, because he was just saying, have you noticed just in the commercials, just just a lot of like interracial and this thing like that? It's like, do you think it's gone too far? I'm like, what do you mean has it gone too far? And of course it was a white friend, but I was like, mm. what do you mean? He's like, why does it have to all of a sudden be only interracial couples and things like that. I was like, okay, I get it. However, comma, you had a century of just only white. We can have a listen, two, three, four years. Come on now, listen. you'll be fine. And you still gonna eat them damn Cheerios in the morning, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always think it's interesting. Like, I'm glad that you mentioned that it was one of your white friends because mm -hmm. it's so interesting how people live on the extremes. Yes. You know? And so I appreciate when you said what you said about being in an area of gray, because I my life is very much there. You know, yeah. I'm like, it's the, the answers aren't always as simple as you try to make them. It's not. There's a lot more complexities. So another Absolutely. thing I wanted to ask both of you, uh, still staying on this same uh, this same topic, is that the, the Proud family is coming mm -hmm. back to Disney Plus. So that was a show that uh, came on Disney back in the day, one of which I had never watched until I watched the-, the But had a theme song about Beyonce and Solange uh, and Kelly and Michelle, yes. come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so they decided that they wanna, they also want to be more progressive and here with the times. So they're going to have a uh, queer couple on there uh, and they are interracial. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, that. it's like, okay. So uh, Zachary Quinto is going Ooh, to be the white- he can get it by the way. Always. Zachary Quinto has been able to get it since Heroes. Let's be that very part. clear. Very clear. <laughs> very clear. Um, but him and his eyebrows. <laughs> Thank you. I, you better read my mind. I was like, it's so damn eyebrows. eyebrows. <laughs> Looking like then, Spock for real, but he could get it. Yes. Yes. Um, he could wear the Spock costume if he wants. Honey, 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 say a word. <laughs> say a word on today. But Beat so me up, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> Zachary Quinto is going to be the white husband and Billy Porter is going to be the black husband and their daughter is going to be voiced by Kiki Palmer. 
here for it. So I wanted to know how you guys felt because it's received a lot of negative backlash. And there are a lot of people who don't understand why with the Proud family being a, a black show, why they needed to have a, uh, a black and white couple who was queer. Now, now, mind you, it's interesting. It's interesting because you don't have a single, at least from what I've read, not a single straight person, no cishet people have had mm -hmm. an issue with it being queer. They're completely here for that. They're okay. mad at the fact that it's black and white. So it's funny how the I world think, works out, you know? Yeah. I think it's interesting. So speaking as a, as a, a black gay man that's in an interracial couple, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, this experience is normal for me. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I think it is, uh, we can, we, I think we can all agree that, that there are so many layers to this thing that we call race, mm -hmm. um, both externally outside of our, our, you know, the black community and within our own black community, mm -hmm. you know? And the reality of it is, is that there is so much pressure being placed on these TV shows to be representatives, to be representatives of the black cult, the black culture, mm -hmm. or, or the black community, and they're not. If you remember back in the day when the when the Cosby Show was on the air, how much flack they got for showing an affluent African American yeah. family, yeah. you know, that um, had a doctor for a father and a a lawyer as a mother, and so you know, I think we'll we'll we will always have shows. Uh, particularly those that are produced or that that largely showcase the black community that will be um, incredibly scrutinized mm -hmm. by the black community because you know of our colonialization and the shit that that was forced on us and that we continue to perpetuate mm -hmm. the fact that they have an interracial couple as a as a gay couple you know even within the gay community you know this kind of thing there's this thing about you know black guys who chase after whiteness, you know, and so they get with a white man that has like this, it's like a status symbol. There's like that thing, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it's not to say that that doesn't exist, right. but that doesn't necessarily, at the end of the day, love is love. At the end of the day. And it is unreasonable for people to expect that with Shonda's platforms, that she's going to appease every single person that's out there. She could have the, she could have, you know, the gay couple be, be two black people. Mm -hmm. Wait, Shonda doing gonna the proud be... family too? Oh no, I'm he just, was, he no, was going oh, back to, yeah. just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm like, damn, go ahead, Shonda, get that car <laughs> <one." laughs> I'm just making a correlation. But you know, but you can have another show, you can have a, the same show showing two black gay people, yeah. right? And and then there will be a subset of the gay, uh, a subset of the black community that's that's focused on, oh, well, you know, well, why aren't they dark-skinned blacks? Yeah. Why aren't they a light-skinned and a dark-skinned? Or why aren't they, why aren't they, why do they look so light-skinned? Right. You're always, you, you can't please all the people all of the, all time. the time. But that doesn't necessarily mean that just because you don't like it, that means that it is not adding value because right. I think the benefit that that these um, uh, cu these creators are doing by showing these kinds of stories and these kind of interminglings is it's there is a whole crop of whole generation of people that are growing up in a world where they see that on TV. Mm -hmm. So the concept of seeing whether they themselves pursue an interracial relationship or not, or find themselves in an interracial relationship or not, is irrelevant. the 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 beautiful thing is that they're they're growing up in a world where they see that represent that that representation exists. And let's be real, you probably ain't gonna even play for Disney Plus, no way. So shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> uh, that part. And, and here's the thing. I, I feel like the, the, the core of the question I get is real. Like you feel like something's potentially being taken away from your community. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times in the past, a lot of times they might replace a show and it's back to another white show, all white show or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. I get that. That's probably from a real situation. However, the good thing nowadays is there's so many Netflixes and Disney Pluses and Hulus and ABCs and NBCs and so many stations that need content. So you can go out and find something else. And luckily there's a lot of great all black shows out there or predominantly black shows out there. So if you don't like the Proud Family, guess what? Go watch Dear White People. Go or watch- create it. Go, go, or, or create it. Or create it. That's the thing. And it's not Quit taking away anything. It's not taking anything away from you at all. And, and that's, a, I think that's where a lot of that question comes from. It's just like, I feel like now that it's a white guy and a black guy, something's being taken away from me. Mm -hmm. Just think, no, it's being added to it's been added to your growth it's been added to your ether like like Dewan said there's gonna be someone that watches it that might give you content 20 years from now that stems from the proud family you just don't know so it's just like yes i get the initial like feeling of like damn we can't have nothing mm -hmm. however comma hey you still have a black person in the damn show Billy Porter's voicing it behind the scenes. Kiki's voicing it behind the scenes. I'm sure there's a lot of black folks creating the show, hopefully, or at least writing the show. So it's not taking away, it's adding to your life in some way. And if you don't like it, watch something else. There we oh, go. I, I, but that other piece that you that, that we just touched on is, if you don't like it, you have the opportunity to create it. I, mm -hmm. This is why the three of us are sitting on this podcast. Because in part, because it, that our points of view were was not out there mm -hmm. for us to consume so and, and appreciate. So now it's like, okay, well then, if it's not out there, create it. You there know, we so go. You, exactly. you might not you might not be on the Netflixes and the Hulus and the the Disney Pluses and all this stuff, but you can you can damn sure put any kind of content out there on on YouTube. And if hmm. that stuff is resonating, guess what? You gonna get picked up. There we so, go. You know, there, there's an opportunity. So take that frustration and and make it positive and create something out Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Come on, y'all. Yeah. I'm going to have to have y'all back on here. Um, but I mean, we already said that on, my, uh, on Minority Report anyway. Seriously. Man. Absolutely. These collaborations have to keep going. For okay. Sure. So, Misfits, come on in and have a seat on the couch. Ooh. Put so, your feet up. Right, right. <laughs> so here we go. So uh, funny, funny enough, we have our two aunties here with us. This episode, also last episode, we had Auntie Imani Van Zapp. So yes. we just have all the aunties dropping yes. knowledge. So, <laughs> so and one thing we, about the auntie name too, I really mm -hmm. like. I thought of it earlier and forgot to say. A, another reason why we like the aunties because of the table talk is because it breaks down the toxic masculinity part of it mm. as well. So that's a big thing for us is like, yeah. break that shit down, call me auntie and things like that. It, it's fine. It doesn't mean I'm less than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. go ahead, back to the couch. <laughs> Listen, y'all, so, so many episodes can come out of <laughs> So, okay, so as we did with um, Imani, I step to the side and I allow our guests to answer any questions that you all have. So picked out these two questions, uh, which were geared toward me. You'll be able to see, I think, as when I read these questions. However, they're going to be for Dewan and Corral to answer. Okay, so here we go. Uh, the first one, oh, and as you all know who are listening misfits or for any of you misfits who may be new, if you decide that you want to submit any questions, you don't have to use your real name. That's perfectly fine. 
Uh, so the second person went by something totally different, but the first person <laughs> is Demetrius. And his question is, I was cheated on in my last three relationships. Their personalities couldn't be any more different and I made sure to ask questions and pay attention to clues to if anything was wrong. I now think it's me and I've been going in and out of a lot of depression. At this point, I don't know what to do and just wanted your feedback. So what's your feedback? Uh, we can start with Dewan first. I think there's a couple things. One, um, it's, I would never encourage someone to take on the accountability of someone else's behavior. We all make choices, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes we make choices that aren't, you know, the, the, the best for us in certain instances, et cetera. But that doesn't all, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're responsible for their behavior. Um, and, you know, you are not alone in this experience. There are a lot of listen, I'm assuming that you're you're part of the gay community, but uh, that's an assumption. So, um, yeah, I'm checking myself on that. But um, in any part of community, um, sex is so accessible. And, you know, I think that the challenge of, um, you know, of finding a successful relationship and contributing to a successful relationship is hard. That's why there's damn near a gazillion books out there and so many therapists out there and so many churches out there because relationships are just hard and people need help going through this um yeah. if I, I think what i'm i don't know enough about your relationship to offer any specific advice but if what i would offer is if you're going in if you're recognizing you're going in and out of depression uh, I think it's really important for you to have someone with whom can, they can help you work through your depression um, and, and help you manage that. Uh, because um, while that's going on, it will make it increasingly difficult for you to move, to not only process this last cheating situation, but also move uh, more healthily, more fully, more, um, ably into a potentially new relationship, you know, where you can see it clearly and not operating with, you know, the, the baggage that comes along with unresolved things personally, right? Forget about unresolved things from like whatever happened with the old boy, old girl, or, or old whomever. Um, cheater over there. <laughs> uh, so my, my advice, my, my, my advice would really just be, um, you know, I, I would want you to be, to feel like you're in a mental space and an emotional space and a spiritual space where you feel full and you feel, um, like you have clarity around what you want, who you are and are able to, and that you are also able to identify and recognize the red flags that might show up that might, um, give you an indication as to whether or not the person that you are courting, right, that you're dating, that you're seeing, that you're talking to, or whatever that, that might be on the horizon, um, help you to identify perhaps some of those red flags where your sexual appetites, whatever that looks like, may be misaligned. Maybe they're wanting something different than what you're wanting. Maybe they're wanting more of a polyamorous relationship and you're wanting a more traditional relationship, et cetera. So, I would suggest, um, and I'm curious what Auntie Crow will have to say. Um, I would suggest, you know, focus on you, boo. Um, talk to somebody um, and 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 start working through whatever it is that's that's 
leaning in and leaning on your depression so that you can kind of work through that so that you can move out of this space with a clearer head and then focus then on if you are ready to be into another relationship or date somebody, then you can go into that feeling much more objective and clear about uh, those things. Oh, this is a tough one because it's just like, it's easy for us to blame it on ourselves mm. and just to say, okay, I think it's me. It could be, and maybe you're aware, but like, okay, maybe there's things I need to work on before I get into the next relationship, which is actually a healthy thing, but don't take on their baggage as well. Just because, oh, there's something wrong with me. No, bitch, they wanted to fuck whomever they wanted to fuck. And that's their issue to deal with. However, like, you mentioned, let me see, where does it say? It says something like you ask questions and try to pay attention. Maybe next time establish what you want, not mm -hmm. asking the questions and trying to get their shit. Say, look, this is what I want and need in a relationship. If you can't do it, then I got to find what I need. So don't mm -hmm. ask questions and leave it up to what they want and need and shit like that. From the get go, clearly you want a monogamous relationship or at least a communication before shit pop <laughs> off. <laughs> and so say that. And But a lot of times that's hard because like you don't want to hurt feelings. Sometimes you don't want to ruffle feathers and things like that. And I get that. Even like I've been in a relationship nine years at this point, married, and there's still stuff that you're like, ah, oh, I don't want to potentially say this because it might come off this way or, you know, mm -hmm. and you're doing it out of hoping to not make them feel uncomfortable, but then yeah. you know, in reverse, it might make yourself you, feel uncomfortable, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I think you need to establish what you want. Don't ask mm -hmm. no damn questions. Be like, you know what? This is what I need out of the relationship. Then the questions could come along, you know, down the line a little bit, but don't take on any unnecessary baggage. You are not Erica Badu. You are not an old bag lady. <laughs> like, because it's so easy to do that. And I've been there before where you're like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, I thought I was throwing it down. Like, I thought I was putting it down. I thought I was looking high. And it has nothing to do with that a lot of times. Yeah. Like, and, and I know Dewan hit on the sexual, the sexual appetite part of it. It might even be an emotional immaturity on these people's parts that yeah. cause them to cheat, you know? And so I think, yes, do some soul searching, get therapy, we're a proponent of therapy for sure. But in the next relationships, make sure you know what you want and ex and find a way to communicate that from jump. Yeah. Um, that way, if you see red flags, you could like be like, eh, you know, that's a red flag. Communicate that, be like, hey, I I'm feeling this. Where are we at? Yeah. Do you feel like you want to like hook up with somebody else and things like that? Having those healthy conversations, they're going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> they're definitely going to be uncomfortable. But that way you kind of get ahead of it. And so I think you're on the right track of saying you were trying to ask the questions and things like that. So you're at least on the right track. Mm -hmm. But I would just say establish what you want from jump. And that will make it a little easier to identify early on that things are going awry and that things aren't working. And then that other person knows how to treat you because you only get treated what you allow. So mm -hmm. so um, if you see those red flags, don't, don't be like, oh, it's okay, babe. No, it ain't okay. You and your feelings say that say that yeah 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 it's harder than like and a lot of times we get this advice we're like oh yeah i do it all the time bitch no i don't <laughs> <laughs> so i'll be preaching to myself too <laughs> but that just over time just little things like that that i've learned that has helped myself with mm -hmm. my my maturity and probably maybe my immaturity at times as well so I mean, Corell and his partner have been together for nine years. I've been Woo. with my partner for uh, seven years, yeah. six years, excuse me. It'll be seven years in, in January, so another six months. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
you know, this is not just coming from a place of saying, you know, like, oh, well, you know, you don't, you can't relate to us. You know, I right. think what we what we both talk about on our on our on the podcast um, a lot from the context of our relationship is it's a lot of it's about communication. But the most important thing is you knowing what is important to you and being able mm-hmm. to communicate that. Um, like Carell was saying, you know, it's sometimes we're so afraid of you know missing out on you know being with this person because we love the idea of being with that person mm. or we like the idea of being with that person but we don't know that person mm-hmm. so you you're you know you're hitching your wagon to somebody that you've been you know hooking up with you know on and off or whatever and been to a couple of functions to or you know whatever you know for a period of x amount of time and have you talked about what are, you, what are you looking for in the context of a relationship? Are you looking, are you interested in being in a relationship? What does a meaningful relationship look like, sound like, feel like to you? What are the things that are important to you? What are the deal breakers that you have? Here are the deal breakers that I have. You know, let's figure out if this thing is going to work. Or, you know, do we want to just keep this casual? And even keeping it casual, you have to have a serious conversation with yourself. Like, can I do that? Because some people will say, you know, oh, well, I'm, I'll just, you know, I'll just sleep around, you know, I'll get on my apps and I'll do whatever. But, you know, you look in somebody in the eyes <laughs> and you might get, you know, like hypnotized into like, into your feelings. And now all of a sudden, the agreement that you made to keep things casual, you've broken. And now you're holding them accountable to you breaking the the covenant that you created. Mm -hmm. You know, so a lot of times it's like digging in deep to yourself to figure out, well, what is going on with me? What is going on with me in terms of what is important to me? What do I value in a context of a relationship? What do I want? Why do I want those things? What what am I willing to sacrifice? Mm -hmm. What am I willing to sacrifice? And what am I willing to compromise on? Yeah you know, yeah. for the right person. And if you're clear about those kinds of things, it allows you to have to be, to then have the second step, which is you can then communicate that. Yeah. But if you're not clear on that, if you're not clear on what it is that you want and you've- Don't uh, get no damn relationship then. And we're saying it like it's just so easy. It's not. It's Corel, not when I got into this relationship, luckily we're married and it worked out. <laughs> but, <laughs> There's things I've had to learn along the way. There's probably been, there's been some tears. There's been some heartbreak and shit along the way. And also Corell at 37 now is different than Corell at how 28, 29 when I mm-hmm. met him. And being a, able to let the relationship evolve yeah. is another huge thing that a lot of times will ruffle feathers mm-hmm. and nobody wants to talk about. Because ultimately, hopefully we're here on Earth growing all the time. Hopefully we are. Yeah. So that means what I cared about and wanted at 29. If I'm still talking about that same shit at 37, then I hope somebody expect the shit out of me because that that's not <laughs> what I want, at least for myself. Yeah. And so allowing each other to have those ebbs and flows, however, it comes out to the communication of where I'm at today at 37 versus where I was at 29, which is where we kind of get into the issues. And I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means. <laughs> so again, I'm not, I'm preaching to myself, but but you just gotta be open to communication. At the end of the day, we, it sounds so easy, but it's not. But communication of where you're at and what you're thinking and feeling and all of that. Ooh, ooh. I love what, um, and then I'll drop it because I know we got another. another <laughs> I know, we see. Jarrell, where you at, boo? <laughs> <laughs> I love what Iyanla Van Zant told Charlemagne the God on The Breakfast Club, I think it was two weeks ago, um, when he was talking about the fact that he goes, he, he's openly talked about going to a therapist, which has been 
I think, transformative for the, the black community to hear somebody with that platform talk about going to therapy is mm-hmm. normalize that as, you know, for us, which means that we can now seek help. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, don't, I, 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 I so love that. But what she, she challenged him back because he's, he's like, you know, I'm, I, I'm working with my therapist, but there are things that are in my life that I just can't get past. And she asked him a very important question. She said, you know, I want you to go to your therapist and I want you to ask them, are you doing growth work or healing work because mm. the two are not the same. They so when I look at what this what this person is talking about in terms <clears throat> of like what's driving their depression, to me this is less about growth and it's more about healing. healing. You know, so if you do pursue, you know, professional um, consultation and, and therapy around your depression, uh, be clear with your therapist, your potential therapist about what is it that you're actually looking for. You know, the end goal, I think, is or the result of the end goal the end goal is healthy healthiness having a healthy perspective right the byproduct of that end goal is that enables you to get into and and contribute to a healthy relationship that makes you happy and by you being happy the other person hopefully will also be happy and you're happy together because you're you know making each other happy but in order to get there you have to have clarity around what it is that's going to make you happy and i think in this particular instance you know it might be a very important question as they're seeking some support you know to really seek out therapy therapists that specialize in healing work to, to heal, to help them work through. So, you know, when Yana has her show and she's has it, having those people scream into a, a dirt hole, you know, and it looks it looks silly on TV, but but what that's doing it, the the the, the metaphor of that is a release, mm-hmm. and and you re, you're releasing frustration, anger, anxiety, etc. In a very um, uh, what's the what's the word? Um, uh, it's not quite animalistic, instinctual, uh, but um, at the root of what the human essence is, you may not have the words to articulate it, mm-hmm. but damn it, it'll come out in your screen. And I know we can all relate to that because we had all had taken a, a, a scream into a fist or into a pillow or something <laughs> and and felt Or that whooping better. you got back in the day, <laughs> but you can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, so you are right. <laughs> Okay, so our second question comes from comes from that that bitch. That's um, right. <laughs> That's right. You better say the damn thing. <laughs> um, so their question starts off by saying, "My pronouns are he, him, her, and they." I've enjoyed listening to your podcast, even though I can't always get how upbeat it is. You're oh damn! The, you're, you're not the first person to say that, <laughs> but I still like the conversations. Anyway, I want to get into the ball scene, but I'm insecure about it. I just turned twenty, and after seeing Pose, I feel like I, I feel like a. I think they meant to say I. I want a family like that, but I'm scared I won't be accepted or find anyone that will teach me how to do the categories. I don't even know how to find a house. Can you help? Mm-hmm. So, Corral, you can go first. Wow. Um, the couple things, I guess, for the accepting part, that's the point of the family. Like, like it's a cast of usually misfits, quote unquote, whatever that is. You know, whatever that looks like. <laughs> you know, exactly. Come on, misfits. Um, so, I, I think that might be maybe a less anxiety part, at least for me, because mm-hmm. it's just like I'm seeking out that family that I'm vibing with, and that's the part of it is to be accepted for who I truly am. Um, 
how to find and learn the categories. That's an interesting ask. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like in like a city like, and I don't know where this person lives, like in Atlanta, it might be a little easier because it's more prevalent, it's more visible right. and things like that. But I'm just trying to think like, if I had this desire when I grew up where I grew up, I would probably, especially now social media, I mm -hmm. would reach out, DM a family. If there's like a certain family or certain folks that you're like, oh, I'm loving their moves. I love what they're doing. Yeah. I love their energy. Reach out that way, potentially. A uh, lot of these houses are on Legendary now, so I'm sure you can find them part. on Instagram or something. Girl, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, or just getting involved in your communities and things like that and talking and telling people like, you know, what, I'm loving the, uh, the, the, the bold culture, the ballroom culture and things like that. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, be like, oh, I got a friend that did da 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 right. I, I know someone down the street that did blah, 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 blah. And a lot of times you kind of hear it that way. Um, but I'm, I, I don't know. I, I think my best advice is to look on social media, especially in your surrounding areas. Like if you're living in, Detroit, Michigan, don't be looking in like Phoenix, Arizona, because that's not realistic. Like you're not gonna <laughs> constantly fly back and forth and learn anything that way. Look in your local communities to get your skills up, practice. There's YouTube tutorials left and right. There's TikTok tutorials left and right, especially for a lot of the ballroom culture because it's having a big moment right now. Yeah. Um. So do a little investigation. Google, we always say Google is free. <laughs> mm. Type that in. Like a lot of times for stuff that I don't know, I go to YouTube and Google first. Mm -hmm. That at least give me it's some kind of path like oh, okay i could reach out to this person or i could at least start down this road and potentially run into somebody um hmm. but yeah the the purpose of a family though is to feel accepted so if you find yourself in a family and you're not getting that mm -hmm. get out <laughs> what about you i you know i don't have much to add because i agree 100 with what um Carell was saying i you know i think if the if the end goal is to to find a family so that you can compete, um, my best advice would be to find where there's a competition happening that you can go to, mm -hmm. um, you know, and and talk to people there. It's there's nothing wrong with. Um, hey, Crow, can you tell your your story about your first friend in Chicago? Yeah, yeah, like literally, <laughs> I had just moved to Chicago and just went out to a bar one night and was just like, I mean, I like music and dancing and stuff like that. And I was out there dancing, kind of on the outskirts a little bit, but mm -hmm. <clears throat> a friend came up, or now a friend, but at the time didn't know him. And usually times you like see someone come, you're like, oh, okay, what are they trying to do? You know, trying to flirt, whatever it may be. And his question literally was, hey, I see you over here dancing. You look like you're having a good time by yourself. I don't have enough friends. I just moved here. You want to be my friend? <laughs> and it was that simple. I was like, okay. <laughs> and like, obviously, you know, you grow your friendship and you know, okay, let's go grab dinner or something like that. And ended up loving the guy, great mm -hmm. human being. But it could be literally that simple, taking yeah. yourself out of that comfort zone of thinking, oh, if I go up to this person, but how are they going to react? It is yeah. what it is. They like yeah. they can either react positively or negatively. Yeah. yeah. Let's hope so, that he's going to be positive or he or she, they are going to be positive about it. Um, but I agree, Devon. I think you nailed it too with just go to a competition, go to a ball. Because yeah. at least you're going to find people like-minded that are either interested in the ball, know people in the ball scene, um, competed in ball scenes and things yeah. like that, and get engrossed in that culture. And the other thing that I'll, they'll add on to that is that the ball scene is not as glitzy and glamorousy as mm. it looks like on TV. <laughs> a lot of times, the like if you're going to a ball or you're going to, and and let's let's clear up the name ball because ball is is a like this could be happening literally in a church basement. It could it could be like literally in like you know a Marriott a, conference room, <laughs> right? It, it can it, like so it's these are not it's it, 
yes, there are some that are like all out that you see like on, on YouTube. It's if you're looking like the ones that are hosted in Paris and blah, blah, blah. But the ones that are, that where people are cutting their chops, mm -hmm. where they're learning the moves, where they're, where they're, they're participating in a challenge for the first time, et cetera, or a category in the first time. You know, these are local things where they're meeting others and it, they, they get a reputation because they're showing up mm -hmm. and they're putting themselves out there. And a lot of times they're showing up by themselves. They're not part yeah. of a house, you know? And so this is an opportunity for you to figure out what's going on within your local community to at least get some exposure to that. And then, you know, figure out like, how do you want to navigate that world? You know, do you want to like, you know, up your skills? Do I totally agree with Corel, you know, like, Google is your friend. There's a lot of stuff that you can learn on Google about this, but my advice would be get to it, get to a ball, get to a mm. local, find out where there's a local ball ha happening um, that you can go to. I don't know if they're happening right now. Because right now, right, right. They are in Atlanta. That bitch, if you're, uh, if you're in Atlanta, <laughs> or, the, or the Atlanta circling area, you might it wanna, is happening. Um, you know, <laughs> Uh, cash in some Marriott points and get a best Judy, get a best Judy and get in a car and drive on down there for a weekend and, you know, and, and, and check it out, you know, but you know, I, I think at the end of the day, I would just, I would just caution against holding up the ball scene to what you see on TV. Yeah. I would just caution against that. Let's walk on real street. Like the ball scene started as an underground opportunity for people who didn't belong anywhere else. No, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, not didn't belong, who felt that they didn't yeah. belong. They felt like they right. didn't have a right. place anywhere else. So they created their own space. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed a theme that we've been talking about today? Created. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> so, you know, like they, they created their own space Hence the ball scene. And this was a space that was that really provided safety for much more effeminate gay men to be able to congregate. Because listen, all this honey child and, and snapping fingers and necks and, and all this, you know, feminist or feminine uh, I can't even get the words out. These, feminine. Uh, feminine, thank you. Feminine <laughs> affectations, you know, that that we as gay men have taken on or whatever and, and that we're leveraging was not how things were happening 20 years ago, was not how things were happening 40 years ago, were not how things were happening 60 years ago. You know, so there was a distinction between the, the gay community and the, let's call it, um, cross-dressing in those days they called it cross-dressing because mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of drag queens there was cross-dressers or female impersonators etc you know so and then there were up so these communities did not mix so i know you 20 boo um and that's great but i caution you to not hold up the ball scene you know to the levels of american idol or what you see on Pose or Legendary. Like, yes, there are some really great performers and people that are doing dancing and all this kind of stuff, but you know, the ball scene is really about a community. It's really about people who are connected to the community and you know want to you know express themselves in, in the way that feels authentic and real to them. And I think the best way for you to get involved is to actually go there to figure out, you know, hey, is this something that you're you're really into, like the real side of it, you know, and um, and then you know the the learning the categories just comes with time. Thank you both. Okay, so Demetrius, that bitch, 
<laughs> comma, comma. Right. <laughs> well, I know that bitch listens because they said that themselves. Demetrius, if you are someone who consistently listens to the healing space, then I implore both of you to please make sure you come back and share with us. Give us an update yeah. as far as what's going on. The couch mm -hmm. is always open to you. Uh, for those of you misfits out there in the universe who have not submitted a question but would like to, that is THS at revolutionmultimedia.com. You can email us there. Of course, when it comes to the healing space, you can always find us on social media at THS Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, underscore THS Podcast on Twitter. And myself, I'm Scorpiogi across all platforms and at scorpiogi.com. If the Misfits would like to walk with the two of you, how would they go about doing that? Corral first. Yeah, so Minority Reports on IG, Minority Report, like you're sipping tea, spilling tea. Uh, that's on IG, that's on Facebook, that's on YouTube. Subscribe, new episode on Monday. So like we know we had the podcast part of it, but you can see the visual as well on YouTube because and a lot of times <laughs> that's how I like to watch it. <laughs> we be giving face, we be extra um <laughs> we're on twitter tiktok and all that good stuff as well but new episodes every monday uh where every stream listen to podcasts and things like that and then i guess my personal ig is i am karel k-e-r-e-l awesome about well, what about you duan um i you can find me with all the the other stuff there and my personal is daily duan d-a-w-o-n Awesome, fantastic! Thank you both so much. Oh, and we gotta get Jarrell's too. Jarrell's is yes. uh, R E L L R O M E. That's his personal one as well. So Jarell check out Jarrell. We miss you, Jarrell. <laughs> I was about to say, if you would like to be able to see all of the aunties, you can check out the episode that I'm on. Yes. And then once yes. you listen to that episode, continue to listen to all the episodes of the Minority Report. Absolutely. I'm so thankful for both of you being on here. I look forward to more collaborations for sure. because Lord knows Dewan and I have been corresponding <laughs> for a while. This has been a long time coming. Love it. Love so it. I am so happy this has taken place. Misfits, you know how we do. I'll see you all next week. I look forward to it. That will be our last episode for a month. I love you all so much. And until next time we say namaste. Namaste.